Well, sir, it's good to see this good crowd here tonight. And we had a great meeting a few minutes ago. It was such a profitable time. We matched up some disciplers and just, it was, it was a good conversation. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll dive into the Bible study. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Father, I pray that, um, that this, this particular topic that we have tonight is so important. Father, I pray that we'll have clarity of thought and mind and that your word will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're looking at how to read and how to study the Bible. And uh, Brother Knox gave nine points. James Knox gave nine points on how to read and study the Bible. And so I'm using that outline for a, a few services and fleshing it out with a few things myself. But look at this one. Number four, read the Bible prayerfully, prayerfully. And let's look at Psalm 119 and look at verse 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Um, sometimes when people begin reading the Bible, um, the, especially if you start in Genesis, by the time you get to some of the genealogies, how many of you have stalled out in your early Christian life trying to read the Bible, getting through some of the law and some of those things? That's why we always try to tell people, start with John or 1 John. Start with some things in the New Testament and, and work into some of the things in the Old Testament. But it doesn't matter. When you begin reading the Bible, the more that you want to understand it, sometimes, have you ever, you get up and you make it a point to read the Bible and you read it, and you didn't, you just, there was nothing there for you. Has that ever happened with you? We really do need to read the Bible prayerfully. And God will have something for us, regardless of where we are, because the Bible says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. All Scripture is profitable. And so, in this idea of reading the Bible and reading it prayerfully, the, the aspect of reading the Bible prayerfully that I want us to focus on, two different aspects, and we'll get into some points on the, on the PowerPoint in a minute. But number one, you need to pray that, that God will speak to you through His Word, that God will speak to you through His Word. And then number two, that He'll help you to understand His Word. And I know people that have been saved for a long time, and it's still very difficult for them to read the Bible I was going to deal with that next Sunday morning, um, to deal with how to read in the King James Bible, how to deal with the language. Uh, one of the reasons that some churches are moving away from the King James, how many of you have heard that it's too hard to understand? Have any of you heard that? Okay. I, I'm actually dealing with that subject, and I was going to deal with it next week, but I want the young people to be here for that, so Lord willing, I'll do that the following week. Um, but one of the things that, just a pointer, and you'll hear this again uh, when we when we get to that week, the week after next, Lord willing, um, the punctuation in the Bible is there for a reason. So let's just let's just look at a text and let's read it. So look at Psalm one nineteen and verse one. There, let me before you do that. There's another thing that I'd really recommend. Um, of course, I have, how many of you know people that listen to the Bible? It used to be Bible on tape, right? And uh, was it Alexander Scorby? Was his name Alexander Scorby that was famous for reading it? Um, 
The person that reminded me to do that is Chad Albers. He'd be driving, he'd listen to the Bible. When we were discipling, he told me that. And I waited a couple of years. I don't know why I waited, but I started listening. I downloaded the Bible on my phone, and I listened to it at like double speed and follow along. And that helps me to accomplish more reading than I would normally do. Because I get, I might read two verses and end up searching all over the Bible or searching for an idea or whatever, and I don't end up reading as much content as I would like. And so listening to that helps me to, to go and to keep up with that. Does that make sense? Some of you, that might be a real help for you. Others, that'd be a terrible distraction. But here's another thing that you could do. If you have, if you do get an, an audio Bible, that's, that's what I didn't mind. I don't know if this is blasphemy or not, but my New Testament is James Earl Jones. Darth Vader is reading the Bible to me. But um, when you listen to how he reads it, I I doubt he's saved. But just by him reading it slowly and carefully, you understand it more. Uh, One of the things that, that I have found listening to preaching is the way the preacher reads the text teaches me. Just the way it's being read from the pulpit teaches. So in your own study, as you are reading the Bible, so let's go to to Psalm chapter 119, look at verse 1, and let's just do this. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Now, You could all read that a lot faster than I just did. I don't think that's studying. Does that make sense? So you might be thinking, okay, Pastor, all you did was you paused where there was a comma and you, you kind of read it with a little bit of feeling. That's exactly what I did. That's what I want you to do. Um, some of you who struggle to read the, the King James Bible, just read it slowly out loud. Uh, I've had people say, when you read it, I understand it. Then do that. Do it yourself. Read it out loud. Read it slowly. Follow the punctuation. And it will really help you. But the best way for you to understand the Bible, after looking at the words, understanding the words, following the punctuation, understanding the context, all that we're going to go into is to ask God to help you to understand it. When you come across a passage that's difficult, before you immediately go to a a commentary or you you look something up on the Internet, ask God to help you with it. Ask God to reveal it to you. Read the Bible prayerfully. Let's think about that a little bit. The first way that you can read the Bible prayerfully is to give your heart to the author, to give your heart to its author. In other words, the reason that many people don't understand the Bible is because they're not saved. Have you ever tried to explain the Bible to a lost person? How many of you have ever tried to do that? And they look at you like, what are you talking about? You believe that? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, Laura has uh, a box that has cards that the kids have gotten us or that we've given each other. And it's so fun. Well, when, when mom had died... When my father died, went and cleaned out his office, and I've got sermon notes. I've got a box of his sermon notes in my office. I have his Bibles with his, with his marginal notes in my office. 
Those things wouldn't mean anything to you. It sure means a lot to me. I, I use, um, like this is a Parker pen. Have you seen my fountain pen? Um, the reason I like Parker pens is Dad always used one of those Parker jotters pens. That's what he always used. And so I keep a Parker jotter on my desk just to remember Dad. And when I'll, I'll open up a book that I have in my library that was Dad's. <laughs> One time I had Dad's uh, Treasury of David by Spurgeon. I borrowed it. Borrowed it. And, you know, like you do with your dad's tools. And borrowed it. And so he kept asking for it back. One year I wrapped it up and gave it to him for Christmas. <laughs> a terrible, smart Ellen kid. But, um, I don't know. To, to see his handwriting, his name, property of Bob Alter in the front of the, I don't know, just the way he wrote. I, I can recognize his handwriting, his signature immediately. And it's, it's important to me. How many of you have mementos of loved ones and it's their, it's their handwriting? Letters, notes. Um, my sister took one of my grandmother's recipes that she had made for my mom and she did decoupage or whatever. On, on, it's so cool. And, and so Laura has that in the kitchen and it's my grandmother's handwriting and it's a recipe of something that she would make all the time. That doesn't mean anything to you. But it means a lot to me because they have our heart. The Bible will mean so much more to you if you will give God your heart. That's why reading the Bible along with prayer is vital. The two have to go together. Give your heart to its author. And then cry out to its author. Notice what the text says, verse 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Notice what it says. Open, what's it say? Thou and thy law. I need God to open my eyes out of his book. I need him to open my eyes out of his book. I need him to explain it to me. I need him to explain it to me. It's wonderful when I'll have a, a question for Lawrence Vance, and I'll call him, and he'll, here's what he always says to me. It's in my book. That's what he always says. I'm sorry, I don't have your 10,000 pages memorized, okay? I don't have that. Give me, and, and I've gotten to where I say this now. Okay, yeah, I know it's in your book. Give me the answer now. Um, Another time where I'll call him, he'll be talking about something, and it's technical because he's a scholar, and, and I don't understand it. And I don't want to do the work to understand it, so I call the teacher. I call the writer. What did you mean? What, what, what are you talking about right here? And he, he'll, he'll give me the answer. What am I doing? I'm going to the author. I'm asking the author to explain the book. When we pray, what are we doing? We're going to the author and asking him to explain the book. To me, some of these things are always very interesting, that we, we love our kids, we do anything for our kids if they asked us, and yet we don't think that God wants to do things for us when we ask him. Isn't that strange? Is God our father? If you being, what's it, carnal or whatever it is, give good gifts to your kids, how much more does your heavenly father want to give you, that, that's the altar standard version of that passage. Um, so just like you would with any other book, if you knew the author, you'd ask them questions. 
with this, you know the author. Ask him questions. But not only that, not only do you ask him, I don't know that I would ever beg Lawrence Vance for an answer about his book. If I'm reading a James Knox book, I'm not going to call him and say, please tell me the answer to this. He'd say, have you lost your mind? One time he texted me some funny meme at 11 o'clock at night, James Knox. I texted him. I said, have you been drinking? He, he texted me back, no more than usual. <laughs> he's like, he's so quick. But I, I would never beg him for an answer. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know why? Because he's just another guy. When you've got a genuine need from God, and you need that answer from God, the only way you're going to get that answer from God is through his word. When you're, you've got a child that's away from God, or you've got trouble in your marriage, or there's sickness, there's illness, you, you've got a career choice to make, and it seems like either every option is bad or every option is good. I don't know which of those is worse, right? And you, you need an answer from God. Cry out to him. That's what prayer is. Cry out to him, and he will help you to understand his word. What do you pray? Lord, I trust you. Remember we started. If you're going to study the Bible, the first thing you have to do is you have to believe it. You have to believe it. Um, there is a, there's a book. It's called the Encyclopedia of Bible Difficulties. And I got this book, I don't know, 30 years ago or whatever. It's by a guy named Gleason Archer. And, you know, Archer would disagree with us on a bunch of stuff. But in the introduction, he makes a really good statement. He said, when you, when you come across something that you don't understand, you need to understand that there is an answer. Isn't that good? You may never get the answer. But you have to go to the Bible believing it. You have to approach the Bible believingly. That's so vital. And the, But the problem is, when we pray and we're in a situation, do we trust God? Do you trust God with your life? Do you trust God with your children? Do you trust God with your eternity? Do you trust God with your presence? See, many of us, we can trust God for our eternity. How many of you are saved? You're thankful that you get to go to heaven when you die. How about tomorrow? Do you trust him for tomorrow? Man, I've got this meeting tomorrow. And I'm going to a meeting tomorrow in Columbus with Josh Mandel. Um, our friend um, Dan Wolven is hosting a thing with Josh Mandel at his church. So he's invited me to come over for that. And so I get to go and meet Josh Mandel. I'd rather go sit with Dalton Robertson and have a cup of coffee. You know, the politicians, I, oh, can, can I do a parenthesis here? Here's what I want to ask Josh Mandel. Last time he ran for Senate, I met him in Troy at a tea party gathering with about 10 of us. And I said, they said, do you guys have any questions or suggestions for us? I said, yes. I said, you guys stink at communication. You're terrible at it. Here's what Republicans talk about. Tax cuts. Tax cuts and regulation. That's what Republicans talk about. Most people, do they want their taxes cut? Sure, but is that the big deal in their life? No, that's not the big deal in their life. You don't talk to people. You don't talk to them like people. You don't do, when you're talking about abortion, you don't say they're killing babies. You know, they say, uh, well, what, what, what should you do? What about in the case of, uh, of rape or incest? Well, kill the rapist, save the baby. My, my opponent wants to save the rapist and kill the baby. We just differ on that. 
Have you ever heard a politician say anything like that? How many of you think that would get them some votes? I guarantee you that would get votes. And so I, that was an example that I gave. You guys do not talk to people. Well, then Donald Trump comes along, and what did he do? And what happened? And so I'm going to ask him tomorrow, do you remember that meeting? Are you going to actually talk to the people this time? Or are you going to let the other side lie? But anyway, you've got a meeting tomorrow. Parenthesis closed. Do you have a meeting tomorrow? Do you have a situation that you're going into and you're, you're not sure what's going to happen? Or you hate your job. You know that you've got to provide for your family, but you absolutely hate your job. And so you've got to pray before you go into that room, into that building, to be able to represent Christ at a place that you can't stand for a boss that you can't stand. That's Laura every week. It's in the work. That could be you. What, are you. what do you need to do? Lord, I trust you. I trust you with my life. Help me to make good decisions. How's he going to do that? Through his word. Through his word. And through the preaching of his word. Would you all agree with that? Through wise, godly counsel. Through brothers in Christ. So, Lord, I trust you. But then, Lord, I depend on you. See, often what we do is we go to God to ask him to clean up the mistakes we've made. Because we trusted ourselves, we messed it up, and now we have to go and ask God to fix it. We need to depend on him from the beginning. And when you depend on him from the beginning, you depend on his word. And so you need to understand it. You read the Bible prayerfully. And then, boy, this is tough for some of us. Lord, I'm not smart enough to grasp this book. I, I think I mentioned this uh, when I went through this the first time. That the Bible grows. You'll read a passage that you've read ten times before and you see something you've never noticed. Last Sunday night I talked about um, give attendance to God's Word and um, what that means. It means to be present when you, when, when, you, when, you, when you read it. Michael Scott texted me. He said, man, he, he was watching that last week. He said, man, I've looked at that passage a hundred times. I never saw that. That's awesome. Well, I had never thought of it until I said it last week. That's fun. What is that? This Bible, this book, the more you're in it, the more you study it, the more you learn it, it grows. You can never master it. So, Lord, I'm not smart enough to grasp this book. Please don't let me think I've ever mastered it. That's the problem with calling somebody a Bible scholar. A scholar is one who's mastered it. Nah, the Bible says not a novice. Not a novice. Not a beginner. But not someone who's mastered it. Lord, I'm not smart enough to understand this. Please help me. Be honest. This is going to help other people. How many of you already, that's the way that you feel when you go to the Bible? Man, I'm just not smart enough to grasp this thing. That's a pretty good way to approach it. But how many of you know you can go too far with that? You give up because you don't think you can understand it. You can understand it. You just can't understand all of it. But you'll understand more the next time, and the more the next time, and the more the next time. Then, how about this one? Lord, I can't remember it. Have you ever had somebody tell you they can't memorize Scripture? You ever somebody tell you that? I do every time I meet with my guys for discipleship. You guys know who I'm talking about. Um, here's the deal. God will help you. Is that profound? 
God will help you. How many of you, honestly, that memorizing is not something that you would consider yourself to be good at? Right? I, we used to use this one. Do you know your phone number? <laughs> A lot of us don't know. If you ask me my kid's phone number, I don't think I know it. I have to push the button on my phone where that number is. But um, your address, there you go. Your address. Do you know what your email is? Do you know, you know where your workplace is? Do you, all of us can learn stuff, right? We can all learn it. And the way that you memorize Scripture is the same way that you memorize anything else. And yet, God, if you will take the time to read it and study it, God will bring it to your remembrance. I have experienced that, where I've been witnessing, giving the gospel, and God brings passages to my mind that I never specifically memorized, but I had learned it, I knew the topic, and those words, they come out. God brings them to your, to your remembrance. And didn't he promise to do that? He promised to do that. But... You can't just, you know, it's not, you, you teachers, I know you have told your students this, you think that putting the book under your pillow at night, you're going to get it by osmosis or something. No, you've got to actually open the book and read it. Amen? And it's the same way with this, but you also have to put the attempt in to memorize. And let me tell you the best way to memorize. The best way to memorize is to write it down, write the verse down, and then read it out loud seven times in a row in the morning seven times in a row at night. Do that for a week, and you'll remember it for the rest of your life. It just works. And if, if that's not quite good enough, then walk around while you're doing it, and you'll, you'll remember. I promise you it works. But here's the other thing that I promise you. If you ask God to help you remember it, will he help you with that? If it's something that he wants you to do, if it, how many of you think God wants you to know his word? Right? So if it's something that he wants you to do and then you ask him to help you do it because you have a desire to be obedient, is he going to help you? So now unless there's, there's a learning disability and learning disabilities are a real thing, unless it's a learning disability, I promise you God will help you. Now, there are some people that just memorize stuff. Charles Spurgeon, so a book the size of your songbook or a book the size of the, the Bible that we have in the pew, he could read three or four books that size in one sitting, like in the morning, and then quote entire chapters from memory. I've never met anybody like that. I don't know anybody that can do that. But I can't. So in other words, I can't memorize the way that he does. How did he memorize? Okay, I've got it. Wouldn't that be nice? I don't have that. So some of us can memorize better than others. I'm terrible with remembering references. I know where it is in my Bible. I know where it is on the page. I, I, I never know the difference between first and second. It's a problem. Lists. I'm terrible memorize. It's a problem that I have. And yet, do you think God still wants me as a pastor to memorize Scripture? What do you think? Right? And so all of us, if we ask God to help us, He will. I'm, I'm amazed at how faithless we can be. Did you notice I, I said we, not you? I am amazed at how faithless we can be when it comes to reading and studying the Bible. We need to believe that God wants to, this is so fun, God wants to participate with us. That almost sounds blasphemous, doesn't it? But God wants to participate with us in our Bible study. You know what we're doing? We're communing with him. When we're studying his word, we're studying him. 
We're learning about him. I'm just thankful that I can go to the God, I can go to the Lord in prayer. I can trust him for tomorrow. I can trust him for my eternity. And I can trust him to teach me this. So what are we doing with these rules of Bible study? What are we doing? Let's all stand. What are we doing with these rules of Bible study? I shouldn't come down here when I tell you to stand. You can't see me. Do physicists invent physics or do they discover what God designed? How many of you know there's a big difference there? These principles of Bible study that we're teaching, we're not inventing them. We're showing you what God has given us. And how many of you, you honestly believe that, that reading the Bible, Bible prayerfully is a biblical way to read the Bible? So let's do that. Tonight, maybe that's what you need to do, or tomorrow morning before work or whatever your work schedule is, however all of that works for you. Whenever it is that you choose to take some time to read the Bible, I want you to try this. Talk to God as you read. Don't just read it as an intellectual academic exercise. Read it as a spiritual endeavor. And I'm curious to see what happens. I'm curious to see what God does in your life. I hope that you're born again. I hope we never do a service here at Grace Baptist where we don't give people an opportunity to receive Christ. If you're not sure about your eternal life, come and talk to me. How many of you know how to lead somebody to Christ? Raise your hand. If you don't want to talk to me, talk to any one of these people that just raised their hand. Make sure that you know that heaven's your home. But the rest of us, will you try it? And, and some of you say, well, I already do read the Bible prayerfully. Well, how about just focus on it more? Just try to, to take that next step in it. How many of you will do that tomorrow? That, that you'll begin. Whenever it is, tonight, whatever your work schedule is, that, that the next time you have the opportunity to study the Bible, you're going to focus on God more as you focus on God's Word. And then use those other tools that I've talked about. For memorization, write it down. Read it out loud. Read the text slowly, out loud, to help you understand it. Ask God to, to help you to understand it. Believe it as you're reading. And then if God speaks to you about something, don't fight him. You'll lose. Don't fight him. Just repent. Amen? Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for letting us study it. Father, you're so good to us. In Jesus' name.